So I'm Michelle Bell with Counselor Magazine, and I am here with the winners of the 2020 Counselor Distributor Entrepreneurs of the Year, Spencer Kramer, Chris Ferreter, and Scott Latimer. Thank you guys for joining. And congratulations. Some of us have cocktails. Congratulations. Yep. Thank oh, you very much. Cheers very much. Cheers. I actually brought champagne just to celebrate you guys. Oh, nice. That's beautiful. So first I want to know where, so Scott, you're actually in the office in Miami. You're yes. sitting in the office. So we've and been, yeah, Chris, uh, I like how you're identified as the goat, by the way. You're home? <laughs> I am home, yes. Okay. And Spencer, you're like in, in the Malagra bean field somewhere. Where are you? I, I am somewhere in Virginia. I'm not quite sure where. I just pulled over. So. Ah, you're in an undisclosed <laughs> location. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining. And again, really congratulations on your award. I apologize that it's such a a weird and surreal year that we can't celebrate you in person at the counselor board, but congratulations to you. And it's so well-deserved. Um, as I wrote the article that now everybody will see, you know, you guys had a fantastic 2019. Your sales were up double digits and then coronavirus happened. So because you're based in Florida, I'd really like to jump in and just get your sense of what is, what's going on in Florida right now is from, you know, from the office, from a business standpoint, what's, Florida look like right now? Because, you know, we all see what we see on the news, but you guys are in it. So I'd be curious what you have to say. Chris? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's starting to get very real, right? It was like you watched it from afar happening overseas, and then you saw it hit Europe, and then it hit New York, and we were still kind of okay in Miami and, and in Florida, and now we've become, you know, the epicenter of the world for it, basically. Um, and it's, I'm not going to lie. It's scary in terms of, you know, your health wise, but also your business wise, your friends and family, right? You want to make sure everyone's okay. Um, and there's so many unknowns about this whole thing and how it spreads and, you know, how to prevent it. Um, so it's difficult, right? I mean, we closed the office down immediately um, when this whole thing started and then we slowly started to bring a few people back and then it really hit Miami very hard these past, you know, week and a half, two weeks. Um, so we've shut it back down. We just have Scott and, um, and Bobby in there just handling things coming in and out. Um, but we're working remote, you know, like this kind of technology makes it easy to do. We're staying in contact all day, every day. Um, but you know, our personal well-being is the utmost concern for us and we want to make sure everyone's okay. So we're, we're taking that very seriously. Sure. I get it. So, yeah. Scott, you being, you're in the office, you being yep. the CFO, the chief fund officer, as I'm fond of saying, most fun mm -hmm. CFO I've ever met. Um, <laughs> Appreciate I'm that. Curious, I'm curious because when this all hit, right, I, I'm going to hazard a guess that you became the most important person at, at Sobe because everybody's finance team became the most important. So I'm curious what steps you took right off the bat and almost kind of what advice would you give? you know, uh, small yep. entrepreneurial companies, like what are the three to five things that they should be doing to really kind of shore up their financial trove, you know? Yeah, I mean, at the very beginning, one of the things I wanted to make sure of was to, to try and collect on receivables and, and, and be very proactive about that in the early stages before, you know, this virus and pandemic had, really, had a chance to really hurt businesses' cash flows and that sort of thing. Um, so we were lucky to be able to do a decent amount of collections at that point before, you know, a lot of the businesses shut down and this was back in, I think, March. Um, so that definitely helped. 
um, also reaching out to you know individual suppliers and just explaining the situation and saying, hey, look, you know, we're anticipating a downturn. Um, you know, we don't know what the future holds. Like, we might need a couple extra days here and there. You know, on invoices, and um, you know, we 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 honestly we, we've been pretty good about being able to pay all you know all of our suppliers on time. But uh, we wanted to have those conversations at the beginning, just in case, and we didn't want to get into a situation where you just like. You know, just not pay somebody on time. You just want to be upfront about it. And you know, our customers did the same thing with us. You know, and, and I and I, I appreciated that on the other side. You know, customers reaching out to us and saying, "Hey, look, guys, like, can we get an extra thirty days on this, or can we get an extra fifteen days?" And and you know, it's like you know, we're on this together. It's a pandemic. Everyone's everyone's hurting. So it's you know, it's just that, that communication, uh, in my opinion, helped a lot. So uh, that was something that we tried to do as well. Um, in addition, the the PPP application was huge. Uh, we tried to get on top of the payroll protection program uh, as soon as we could. Um, so that's, you know, that's helped us, helped us out tremendously. Um, and, you know, other things, um, you know, we, we, we don't currently have a line of credit, but that was something we were, we were trying to solidify before this whole thing went down. But we did have uh, options like the working capital uh, terms with American Express. That's been, that's been helpful, helpful for us as well to kind of, you know, be able to pay our bills and then have that actual payment be delayed for a couple, couple months or whatever, uh, depending on what our needs are. Um, and there's overall just reviewing expenses. Like we, you know, this, this forced us to take a look at, at certain things and, you know, certain subscriptions we subscribe to that were like, do we really need this? And so we actually, you know, trimmed a little bit of fat and, 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 and reduced some of our maybe unnecessary expenditures and that sort of thing, uh, to try and prepare for the worst and just conserve, conserve cash as much as possible. Um, you know, pay bills when they're due, but don't, don't prepay them and that sort of thing. Um, gotcha. And I'm sure it's a cost saving. I mean, it kind of like a double edged sword that, you know, people aren't on the road traveling, right? Like, so Chris, your salespeople aren't traveling right now. So there's a cost savings there, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's uh, like, a, there's not a ton of commissions going out just because there's not a ton of sales happening. We're not spending money traveling on hotels. We're not doing a ton of like events where we're showing up and advertising, obviously. Um, so we're saving money there, right? Just by default, because we can't be at those things. Um, but yeah, it was, that was like the first conversation we had was we were kind of ahead of this thing and said, Hey, let's sure up home base and, uh, and make sure the finances are, are right before we do anything. So Scott was instrumental in that. And we thank God we have him. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I think being in this industry, we kind of had a head, like we kind of knew this was coming before the general public because all of our shipments were getting messed up coming from China and we could all kind of sense it was coming before it really, I guess, hit. So, so Spencer, I, I, was started... gonna ask, I was going to ask you about that. You know, you had told me when I interviewed you guys for the article, you said we, we kind of knew something was going on because we were talking to our factories and people started talking about masks. They were in masks. So did that, how much of a lead time did you guys have and how much did that help you? Um, I, so the people that we spoke to in China seemed to be pretty concerned about it. Uh, more concerned that the, than the media was here. Um, and uh, I, I think that was kind of what led us to really get on the whole mass train uh, early on. Um, yeah, we probably had. Did you guys ever have to let anybody go or furlough anybody? No. No, thankfully we haven't. Um, so we've been okay. able to maintain. And Spencer, you had told me when, when I interviewed you guys that you know, of course, everybody is down, but you guys being in PPE kind of offset that, offset the sales decrease. Can you guys talk a little bit about the um, the famed mask that you would have never anticipated going, you know, viral and how that kind of helped you guys in a weird way? 
So we, so, all right. So this whole thing goes back to, we kept having these email sign offs from our Chinese partners. Like, yeah, of course we're always wearing the mask everywhere we go. And we, we started noticing this trend, like, Hey, they keep saying that. And as it got worse, we were having these internal conversations just said, Hey, that's going to happen here. Like that's on the brink of happening here. They're going to do it the way it's spreading. And it was impossible to imagine that being a thing, right? It was like, I could never imagine walking out of my house and having to wear a mask. Um, but we took a, a leap of faith and we, you know, we got some inventory and made some designs and launched a full direct to consumer website, um, for just cloth masks that the CDC was advising you wear. And I don't know how I can explain this, this guy, but there's a, there's a funny meme that was going around the internet right when this whole thing hit. I'm sure you'll all recognize him if you ever see this mask. Um, but we put this on the internet, right? As the CDC advised that um people start wearing cloth masks and it went gangbusters um it was getting shared by you know famous comedians people in the media all this fun stuff and um i, I mean I, honestly it saved us right it, i mean it, it was fun it was exciting it was you know a, a, a leap of faith that we took but knock on wood so far it's worked for us and it was how quickly did you guys pivot? Like, I remember, Chris, you telling me, like, I did, you had a website up in, like, a day or two. Like, how quickly did the pivot happen? Yeah, it was, like, it was 48, like 48 hours. hours. Yeah, it was literally 48 hours, and we took, I mean, we fulfilled, like, 10,000 orders in a week, basically. So, um, in typical Sobe fashion, right by flying by the seat of your pants, like, in a day? That's yeah, how literally. We That's how it we really was. was. It was literally 48 hours. We had a full website, everything functioning, designs. We had... We bought about 1% of the inventory that we needed. <laughs> uh, we stayed up all night handling yeah. customer service calls. It was brutal. It was like really scary because this whole thing was no one knew what was going on. And people yeah. on the internet are mean as hell. And we got some <laughs> horrible emails written to us. And we would, I would like go to bed crying. But, uh, <laughs> but we got through it, you know, and it saved us. And it was, it's been fun. It's cool to look back on it and say, holy shit, we made, oh, am I allowed to swear on this? I'm sorry. Sure. Um, <laughs> It's been but a good learning made, experience too, you know. Yeah, it's like this crazy yeah. learning experience that we never thought would happen, and so. So, Chris, you being in sales, are you now that we're a few months into this? Are you seeing any pockets of business starting to come back that's not PPE related? Like mm. that, that, you know, where people are asking for traditional promo. I would guess not for events. Obviously, I know you guys do a lot in the sports arena, but. Yeah. Are you, any sales kind of bubble up anywhere else? Markets that you can maybe? Yeah, like alcohol, which kind of makes sense, right? Because everyone's stuck there. They're all drinking alcohol. <laughs> um, but they're doing, so it was a funny, everyone was like, oh, alcohol sales are down. But alcohol sales to bars are obviously way down. But alcohol sales to consumers are way up. So they were looking for different ways to reach them. So we did a lot of like fulfillment projects where we we're actually shipping out like people's new beer launches with mm -hmm. cool towels and hats which is a fun project, right? It's like a unique way to get some beer to somebody, but yeah. uh, that was something we did. Um, grocery stores were up doing certain little projects here. Gyms around the area as they were trying to figure out how to open it. It was still kind of like face coverings and those sort of things, but at least it's not like a, hey, can I get a, you know, some sort of mask to, you know, protect me. It was branded in a promotional product. Um, I'm trying to think, what other ones, Scotty, did we see? It was really just the industries you would expect to be doing well, right? Yeah. That were, you know, buying stuff still. So, you know what's right. interesting to me, and Spencer, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. 
because we just saw that um, I pulled some ESP search terms. So for the first time since all of this started, um, of the 10 top products that people are searching for, six are still PPE, but four actually are traditional products. And the number one product, uh, what was it? Oh, I think it was pens. <laughs> pens, drinkware, and koozies. It was like pens, uh, water bottles, bugs, and koozies. There's this something wrong with your data. <laughs> yeah, the, the data's lagging on the pens. It's broken. You know why? Because right? no one wants to use like a skeezy, like communal pen. I get it. Right. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Very you true. have those like antimicrobial pens now made out of that material that resists bacteria and stuff, which is, which yeah. is all cool. So, yeah. Spencer, I was thinking, you. I met you when you were 16 years old, remember, at the Counselor Awards. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm kind of curious about your kind of um, long view of what we're, what we're in store for here, whether it's, you know, six Look, months. Look, I mean, I think, it, it, you know, where market just goes, this is obviously a seemingly crazier situation. Um, the market's way down, obviously, at the moment, uh, not in the stock market, but in the, on the streets. Um, there's just nothing really moving right now. We, we're just hoping that, you know, this comes to a uh, comes to an end sooner later on uh, weather the storm. But uh, as far as the industry goes, I mean, it's just a really odd time. And do you guys see, you know, because there have been different surges, certainly in Florida. I mean, let's use Florida as an example, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think for a while people were thinking, oh, we'll do PPE for a few months and then things will dissipate. Are you guys now anticipating that you're going to be doing masks for quite some time? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. For the foreseeable future, yeah. Um, you know, it hasn't really slowed down. It's been maintaining a pretty steady steady course of, of, of PPE. So, um, yeah, at least I mean, for several months. Even as they reopen businesses, right, they're going to have to wear masks to open those businesses. So they want to have something uniform that they can put together with it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think my prediction is maybe Q2 of next year, this whole thing starts to normalize. I know that seems crazy, but the more I mean, it's already July, mid-July, right? Mm -hmm. um, did I think we'd be having this conversation here in July saying, look where we're at? Not at all. Um, and I don't foresee it getting significantly better to the point where we can start hosting events and those sort of things so it's uh it's sort of bleak but you know we'll fight through it and come out on the other side stronger yeah. so you guys again because of the award you won you know you're such great a great example of entrepreneurialism and i think by nature entrepreneurs are very resilient like what kind of lessons have you guys learned through this like as far as like okay we're going to consider this a win. Like this is a positive thing that we learned that we could use going forward. Spencer. Um, I would say just be flexible and, and take risks. I mean, it, it, it was kind of one of those things where it was just fighting for survival. Um, and, you know, we took enough risks and more of them worked and, you know, we lost on a couple, we won on more than we lost. And uh, that's kind of what it was. It was just, you know, Scott? Yeah, and I mean, I was just to add on what Spencer said, I think just staying flexible, be able to adapt to your situation. And, you know, a lot of our suppliers, luckily, they all pivoted to, you know, producing PPE. And so we were able to, to sell that. Um, but just, just having the mentality of, you know, keeping an open mind and being able to switch your products and, and, and just change your way of thinking about how your business is and allow, and allow yourself to, you know, um, you know, don't get stuck in, hey, we have to sell the traditional promotional items. 
be able to say, hey, you know, what, what do people want right now? What do people need? How can we utilize our current supply chains to, to produce products that people actually want and actually need? Um, so that was that was a good lesson. And the whole, and just the exercise of, you know, launching an actual direct-to-consumer, more retail side of business and handling e-commerce and, and the fulfillment and all that stuff, kind of stuff. It was a great, great learning experience for us as well. Right. I mean, retail, you know, this is our first uh, swing at retail before. So we had to learn that all on the fly as far as, you know, obviously Chris was running a lot of the customer service, but it was uh, it was just madness uh, as far as just switching from, you know, the wholesale perspective to a more of a retail perspective of sure. just dealing with anybody for very small quantities. Hey, Spencer. So one of the stats that I have, it's really interesting, like 60 percent of distributors and 40 percent of suppliers that import from China would now like to look at other places other than China. And I don't think it's so much a political statement as it is, you know, it's never a smart idea to have, you know, Chris, you being in sales, like all of your sales in one market, right? I think it's the fact that 95% of the items imported into this industry are from China. You know, Spencer, you more than anybody I know, you know, have such a, a great kind of view of the landscape there. Do you envision like looking at other areas to import, whether it be Mexico or Thailand, wherever, other than China? Yeah, you have to keep your, you know, we have to keep on looking at other places to source. I mean, uh, China's been good to us over the years. Uh, and, you know, I don't know what's going on politically and I don't know what's, you know, I have no idea how that's all going to turn out. Um, but I, I think obviously um, looking into other places and trying to get other supply chains is uh, vital to moving forward in, in the future of this industry. Just you never know. There's, there's, there's so much uncertainty with it all. Sure. Hey, Chris, what are you hearing from your clients? Like, it's great that you guys have pivoted. Are your clients doing the same thing or are they just kind of in a holding pattern and freaking out? Yeah, I think it's more the latter, to be honest, right? I mean, we're lucky that we have the ability to just switch our supply chain to a new product and still offer it to people, right? And it's kind of inherent in promotional products. We offer so many different products. So, you know, you have to be able to be knowledgeable on different things and offer them. Um, but you know, a lot of our clients are reliant on events and company outings and those sort of things. So they're just kind of in a holding pattern. Um, I think one interesting thing was we have a lot of fitness clients. A lot of them moved to like online fitness clients. Uh, one of them did very well with it where they were just offering like a daily online sort of thing, um, which I think is interesting. And then obviously like liquor companies are just concentrating their whole marketing dollars on direct to consumer and grabbing your attention in the grocery store as opposed to grabbing your attention at the bar. Um, so I, I would consider that a pivot in terms of like their strategy, um, but not necessarily the product offering that they're bringing to the table. Um, gotcha. If that makes sense. It does. It does. Um, I, I'm mindful of your time. So I just have two more questions. One, how are you guys keeping your team since you guys are all working from home? kind of motivated and connected because I know it's really hard like meetings like this are all well and good but it's when you guys you guys are such a close-knit team yeah um, how, how do you kind of fight through that Scott yeah oh go ahead Scott yeah I mean it, it is tough like like you said the, the zoom meetings can only go so far it doesn't quite feel the same as being in person um, but we you know we do try and keep up with the, the virtual calls and the zoom meetings you know every once in a while uh, you know we're on a group text and we're, we're you know keeping each other informed of everything um, you know, it, it is difficult, but we, you know, we try and, you know, a lot of us, you know, we do have some people that are actually related uh, working at the company so that, you know, they're, they're physically close to each other, but, um, no, it's definitely. Is there anyone with the last name of Ferreter who doesn't work at Sobe? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> there are none, literally none. 
no, it's like Zoom meetings were cool for like a, a month, you know, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I don't want to get another Zoom meeting. Um, so it's been tough. I mean, this is four months going now. So it, it's yeah. very tough to keep people motivated when they're not doing sales or not pitching into, you know, other things going on. And there's only so much action that we have going on because there's only so much business to dig into. Um, so we try and keep them as motivated as possible, but just keeping them informed, right? Because people think they're missing out because they're not in the office, but really everyone is doing the same thing. Um, and that's what we're kind of letting them know. It's like, it's not like somebody is just doing all this business and you're just sitting there. We know you're trying, right. but people just aren't buying right now. And you got to respect that. You can't just be that person who's like, Hey, you want to buy my pens? You want to buy my pens when somebody's in the midst of a pandemic? Um, right. so it's a really tough balance, but you know, we have an amazing team. Like I said, we're very, like you said, we're very close knit, right? We love doing trips together and going on outings and happy hours and all that fun stuff. So it sucks that we can't be together hanging out, but, um, group texts and phone calls every so often is the best we can do right now. Um, but everyone has been amazing with it, you know, supporting everything that we're doing and, and understanding the decisions we make. Um, so it's been fun. Um, I'm going to give the last question to Spencer. When I interviewed you guys, what was that now? Three years ago, um, wow. when I blew Seriously? into when I blew into Miami like a hurricane, fueled <laughs> by Fireball, and I asked you, you guys were the fastest growing distributor of the year. And Spencer, I asked you what your goal was, and you said to hit 20 million dollars within three to five years, I believe, from that. So if I asked you now to kind of recalibrate that, what's your three to five year goal? Same thing. I mean, we were we were on it, and we were gonna actually, I think, beat that goal pretty good. Um, but now I don't. I mean, there's just so much uncertainty. Listen, when this is all over, there's so much money sloshing around with this stimulus. I I really hope and believe that you know this will all snap back when this ends. Don't know when that is. Um, and I think we still might get there if this ends in a reasonable time. I hope. Uh, you know, it, it all just it, it depends. Gotcha. Well, guys, thank you for your time. Cheers. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> it's so well-deserved. Right, thank you so much. Thank you, you very much. In soon in Florida at the Sloppy Taco. Fireball shot. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> On Scott. Scott's buying. I'll buy him. Let's go. Can't Thanks, wait. Guys. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you.